Hello, this is Pat Dean from the hit podcast, I Learn Nothing. Hope you're healthy and safe during this pandemic. Both Ben and I are self-quarantining and practicing social distancing, and we would love it if you were doing the same. In lighter news, I'm out of a damn job for at least another month. Oh no, what will I do? How will I live? What the hell is good fat? Anyway, some people have been kind enough to donate money to this old sack of gravy, which is very much appreciated, but we'd rather you get something in return. So, if you Venmo at Pat Dean Rules, $5, I will send you four of our Patreon episodes. If you haven't listened yet, our Patreon episodes flip the damn script, and I teach Ben a thing or two about a thing or two. So far, we've learned about Australia's doomed war with the dreaded ostrich, America's first and only emperor, and the Norse pantheon. Wow, what a varied list of subjects. Again, Venmo at Pat Dean Rules, five bucks, and you'll get four bonus episodes. Make sure you include your email if you donate. That way, I can get you the episodes as quickly as possible. Also, if you're strapped for cash during these trying times, then just go on listening to the free episodes, baby. Don't feel pressured, bitch. Also, if you're already subscribed, please don't donate. You've already done enough. Okay, here is yet another ad. What's up? It's Pat Dean. From the first ad? Okay, listen, I'm going to be straight with you. This episode is sponsored by Kurgis. They make the best slippers in the world. How could I possibly know that? Shut up! Go to Kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S, and use the promo code NOTHING in all caps to get 15% off each and every order you place. What, do you not like it when your feet feel great? What is wrong with you? Again, that's Kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S.com, and the promo code NOTHING in all caps. Isn't it time you made an investment in yourself? Or at least your feet? Okay, thanks for listening. Let's start the show. International. Hello and welcome, my good friends, to episode 123 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. Uh, my name is uh, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Angald Point de Fusion of uh, Philosophy at Princeton H University. Uh, I uh, I'm here to teach uh the new continental tradition of philosophy of power of dynamics and discourse to my good friend sitting across from me uh who struggles with his own name what's your name pat my name is pratt um <laughs> pat dean how the hell are you what does the age stand for in princeton h university is it heck yeah it's, yes it's princeton heck yeah university I have to imagine that's probably what you know. You, you know, Princeton H E Double Hockey Stick University. Do you know why they call it Heck Yeah? 
Why? Because statistically speaking, I don't know why this is, um, 90% of uh, the time when people get into Princeton and they got a, a letter saying that they got into Princeton, uh-huh. they go, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> They're just super pumped. That's what I said. They're pumped for Princeton. So actually, you know what? When I got my acceptance letter to Princeton, it actually just said yes in big capital letters at first. And... uh which was kind of a huge relief because I didn't have to read through the whole yes! thing. Yeah. Well, did, yes. Did Marv Albert write it? Yeah, he did. And then he bit your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he had, he and had he that chewed on your body. He had that for a leather while. harness. He was wearing that weird leather harness. You know that that they wear. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that I don't know the depths of depravity that some people sink to. Well, it's just interesting that like it was Marv Albert. And I think it's kind of interesting that nobody really from downtown. I know from downtown. Isn't he still? Um... Yeah, they 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 took him off the air for a second, but now but then he he came back. I I think like later that year. Wait, who's the was... other guy who I I kind of mistook him for another guy? Marv Albert. Yeah. Oh, I don't Is know. Is it Dick Vital or something like that? Oh, Dick Vital. Dick Vital, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're pretty similar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think Dick Vital was a. Uh, he might have been a coach for a while, but I could be wrong. He might have been that. a coach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Marv Albert. Yeah, he was a a, a crossdresser, I guess, who uh, bites women. Yeah, he bit. <laughs> like how insane! Like Marv he, Albert. Wasn't he kind of like a leather guy too? He was yeah. like really into. He was into all that stuff. Yeah, I just think I, I don't remember a lot about that. I don't remember if it was like a thing that came out because someone was like black, like <laughs> stealing from him or stealing secrets or whatever. Yeah, but he was blackmailed. He was probably blackmailed. I don't actually know. I don't really remember a lot about it. I just remember thinking because I was twelve. I just remember thinking it was the funniest thing I had ever heard in my life at the it time. Is, it is really crazy that you decided to start with. <laughs> With this, this reference to Marv Albert, because that's sort of what we're talking about today. Marv Albert? <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, we're not talking about Marv. From Albert. downtown. <coughs> we're not talking about Marv Albert. Excuse me. I have a, I have a, uh, just a little spell of coronavirus that I'm getting over. Um, but uh, no, the topic today, just to get it out of the way. Uh, we're talking about. <laughs> you're gonna love this topic. This yeah. topic. You're not gonna believe this topic. Uh, oh, I can't wait. We're we're talking about sex and power. <laughs> what the hell? Um, in other words, we're kind of doing a uh, a Michel Foucault part two episode. <laughs> oh, great! And um, w- it's funny that you brought up Marv Albert, uh, a, a a depraved, <laughs> a depraved lunatic, um, who uh was. Uh, I guess not recently, but like you know, thoroughly marginalized for his uh, uh, his abnormal tastes in not only women but uh, what he does with them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess you could describe that as, I guess, ab. Would you say abnormal? Yeah, I guess. I would so. say it's abnormal. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's abnormal? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just. I also just looked it up. Like, I, I, I guess there was some somewhat unsavory details to this story. So well, like just, what? Wait, what else is there? Ah, uh, just unpleasant stuff that I'm not getting into. Just, just look it up okay. if, if you're interested. Well, <laughs> But I'll say this. You will not like it! <laughs> yes! Do you think he's, he, he sounded like that when he... <laughs> Probably. Did he think he said from downtown when he... When he... <laughs> you know what was weird is that um, one time and this is... I, I know you're probably not going to believe this but I promise you it's true. Uh-huh. Uh, one time uh, when I was uh, working at uh, Maggiano's Little Italy sure. in the Domain in beautiful 
North Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. Um, we actually got a, a phone call, and this guy was like, "Hey, I'd like to make a reservation. Um, you know, party so of two, nine o'clock for Marv Albert." And I was like, "Huh." And I said to him, well, you know what? We're actually booked pretty solid for, for 9 o'clock. Would you mind doing Would it be okay if, if you do 9.30? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes! That really happened. <laughs> no, it Isn't that weird? <laughs> and he was like, well, uh, what if we don't get there in time? Are we, uh, we going to have enough time to get there? And you're like, uh, where are you guys coming from? And then you go, from downtown! And like he shows he, he up and just chews on my arm, and I get really mad. <laughs> you offer him some bread, and he's like, no, 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 this is much better. I think Amanda Bynes came into Maggiano's one time when I was working there. Did she have all the face tattoos yet? No. she. This, this, is, a, this, is, a, this is a minute ago. And then one time, um, <laughs> the rapper Freeway came in. I don't know. He's just a rapper, and yeah. I was like, maybe I should say something to him. But like, I don't like, I mean, I, I don't dislike him, but I've never... Bought one of his albums. Yeah, what are you gonna say to someone who's who you know is famous, but you do, you, you don't particularly care for? Hey, hey, I, I've seen you before. I just want you to know I know who you are, and I'm handling your food. I just need <laughs> you to know that. <coughs> well, hey, I loved you on that Brother Ali album. I kind of didn't. Sorry, right. you just lied. Yeah, I just lied. I think well, I might have done that before. I might have lied to a famous person about uh, his importance to. Uh, I've done my that. Musical I think experience. I've told the story about how I, I waited on the guy from Aerosmith, the drummer, and I just told him that Sweet Emotion was the first song I learned to play on the bass, which is a lie. I don't know how to play that song. I don't like Aerosmith. But he's, but he's the drummer, too. So what he's, does he it care? It makes no sense. I be, the reason I did that is because I know enough about bass that I could bullshit my way through it. Okay. But if I said, oh, yeah, I also play drums, if he was like, oh, well, oh, like from, oh, what, what, what type of drums? Like, like, like from what company do you use? And I'd go, ah, uh, and I'd leave. Yeah. I leave the restaurant. You do that thing. You do that thing where you pretend that someone's calling you. You're like, "Oh, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. I gotta go help <laughs> Joe Baker." <laughs> hey, listen, I'd love to talk to you, but my coworker Joe Baker's in the weeds, and I gotta, I gotta help him out. I gotta help. I gotta help Joe Baker. <laughs> Joe Rule. The Joe Baker experience. So, what was his name? What was his band's name or something? Um, I don't remember. Uh, but I do remember that. Um. One of the uh, one of my Algerian friends, Riyad, would had an, had an impression of him, uh-huh. and it was just him going, eh, "Joe Baker." <laughs> like, That's not an impression of him. No, he just liked saying his name. I guess who says but, his own name? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. In the Pokemon do I guess? Um, well, you know who loves saying his own name is Marv Albert. <laughs> he does. Well, he's biting someone's back. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, today we're talking about sex and power. Gross. Okay, <laughs> which I thought you'd like. <laughs> um, I kind of was. Uh, I-, I was reading a little bit about um, a, uh, a a seminal work, uh, Giggity. Uh, get it because seminal is. Uh... It sounds like the word semen. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Um, yes. <laughs> So uh, I was reading uh, uh, the seminal work, uh, three-part book. I was only I only read the first part so far, but uh, uh, by uh, seminal leather daddy, the Marv Albert of France. Oh wow, um, Michel Foucault. Uh, I remember this guy? Yeah. Who? Well, what do you remember about this guy? Do you remember anything? Um, I do remember. Well, yeah, he was. He's from France. Uh huh. Poitiers. And he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a very a very bald head on his shoulders. Well, yeah. he had. He does? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he's super bald. Do you want to see a picture that. of him? I'll show him, show show you a picture of him. Um, oh, well, I'll just look him up over here. Okay, yeah. You bring him up. It's uh so we talked about him in episode 25. It was kind of a uh, uh, like a, a, a loose overview of his philosophy. Um but uh, this time I kind of wanted to um I'll try to uh Oh, he's very bald. Yeah, he's very very bald. It's like Johnny Sins bald. <laughs> Yes, he's he's Johnny Sins bald. Um not a hair on that dome. He um he uh is a he's known as a postmodern philosopher. Uh he or a post-structuralist philosopher. Uh he dealt a lot with uh notions of like knowledge, power. Uh he wrote a lot of like historical overviews of uh the history of sexuality, which is kind of what this episode is more about. Um but also about madness. Uh, cr- wow. Criminality, okay. punishment, uh, <laughs> discipline. Wow. The clinic. Um, the clinic. The clinic. Like right. uh, like a, as in as in kind of like a hospital, like sort of like the me- the medical profession um, and how these institutions sort of govern how normalcy is defined, uh, depicted, uh, executed and how it drives our society today. And how it comes to define power as it's exercised uh, in its diverse ways. Okay. Um, so one other thing I want to kind of uh, ask you is what is your view of how power works? Um, what is my uh, leverage? Leverage? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Leverage is well, how a lot of power works. Well, how do you mean, how do you mean that? Well, it's like, um, you know, you see in like government stuff, people who are like... Um, you know, oh, you want to get something done in that department? Well, you got to talk to HP fuckface, and <laughs> you better yeah, you better be nice to him. You better bring him, you know, whatever. Okay, so because they have this position of power, that's right? one aspect can execute of it. it. It's, that's not everything exactly. Well, no, I think everyone in power has leverage in some way, even if it's spoken or unspoken. So, do only people in power, quote unquote, have power, or do other people have power? No, because people like you and me have power. You and I have absolutely no power, and we have nothing to offer anyone. But uh, I guess what I would say is that, um, yeah, because well, if you think about it, I mean, the manager of a you know a, a you know fucking McDonald's has leverage and has power over its employees and stuff. In a sense, sure, okay. But what what does he really have? How does he have leverage, though? Well, it's weird that you said he, but uh, you know, because well, it is weird that I said he. <laughs> But that's sort of a little bit of what I'm getting at. But like, but keep going. My point is saying. that I also thought it was a guy. So my point then <laughs> is that, um, yeah, well, they have empower the employees, scheduling and stuff like that, giving them the best shifts, giving them the worst shifts. You know what I mean? Uh, giving out duties and stuff like that. You know, it's like for every job, well, not every job, but like a lot of service industry jobs and stuff. There's the bad shifts. You yeah. know what I mean? There's the bad time to work, and so. Um, people. Ah. Yeah. Well, what makes those shifts bad? Oh, oh, a variety of things, man. You know, it's like um, what, ma- what makes a certain shift at a wor- at work bad is uh, the clientele that comes in that time of day or night. Mm-hmm. Uh, how busy it's projected to be. Um, let's see what else. Um, whether or not the coronavirus uh, ruins every financial plan you had for the next uh, <laughs> okay, <bad>. nine months. <clears throat> what? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, there's... That's bitter about something. Sure. <laughs> you want to get it off your chest, buddy? Nah, it, doesn't <laughs> it don't matter. What can you do? I mean, it is kind of a bummer. It is kind of a bummer. It's fine. Um, 
Well, okay, so so Foucault's idea of like how power works. I'm gonna kill myself. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Pat. Well, that's kind of a bad. That's sort of a, <laughs> a, 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 a an element of power. That's a little bit of leverage that, that you is, could use. That is kind of a weird thing to think about. What? You can just kill yourself at any time. Yeah, I know. And then I'm not also, going to, but you know, I could. Yeah, but you could. You can also but I won't, use, despite use that. You, ben. Use that as leverage, <laughs> in a way. Oh yeah, that'd be kind of funny. I mean, yeah, like it happens a lot. Hey, and, um, <laughs> can you pick up the airport at like six a.m.? If you don't, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like. Well, fuck. So, well, how does that op- power operate? Like, how does that person suddenly have power over you when they do when they do that? Well, they're psychotic, and so that that helps too. Uh, well, they have power over you because you don't want them to, you know, decay themselves. Yeah, but like, why is it so important that they not decay themselves? Because um, it's linked to you now, right? Yeah, because now it's like it's like you caused them to kill to kill themselves. Yeah. Do you know <laughs> how many people I'm nice to, so that when the inevitable happens yeah <laughs> i'm not in that fucking note i yeah. you will never <laughs> find me in a suicide note ben you know why uh-huh why I, I know who's gonna do it and i'd be very nice to them hey how are you oh you're clearly insane well i'm your friend <laughs> yeah case in point <laughs> But you're not nice to her at all. <laughs> I'm so nice to her! <laughs> she also... Vic also came into the in, into my line of sight and just kind of, like, waved meekly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the most haunting image I'll have for a while. Oh, sure. <laughs> when you talk about at risks for suicide people and then Victoria <laughs> Tyler weakly smiles and waves. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, anyway, <laughs> if you put me in that note, I'll fuck. I'll kill you. <laughs> It'd be too late. I'll kill her again. <laughs> you can do that. A lot of people don't realize there's actually two deaths. There's the physical death, and then there's the uh, the death of the memory. You actually die twice when you when you die technically. So uh, what, what is happens- that from? Is that that's from Coco? What? That's from the movie Coco. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. The part where it's like the people die twice. You die in real life. And then when your name, when the last time your name is uttered is your second death or something. Is that in there? Is that the, is that the, yeah. the mariachi movie? It's the Mar- Yeah, it's the mariachi movie. <laughs> what? They play, don't they play mariachi in that movie? I mean, kind of, yeah. But <laughs> I'm sure there's no mariachi movie in a, in, there's no mariachi music in a movie about the, no, the, the Day of the Dead. <laughs> your favorite day, Ben. You love it. The Irish love it too, so I'm with you on that. I don't know why the Irish don't celebrate the Day of the Dead like, uh, like Hispanics Because do. they do it every day. Yeah, they celebrate it every, they every celebrate day. celebrate death. Every day is a Day of the Dead for the Irish. You know why? Because they're trapped on an island that is just it just rains constantly. Yeah. No one likes them. No one likes them. So it's like, <laughs> even if they left and they're like, oh, I'll go by to the nearest body of land. And they show up like, hey, what's up, guys? And they're like, fuck you, you Catholic piece of shit. It's like, oh, <laughs> you wait a minute. Papist, you papist asshole. So hold on. So I don't like living here, but when I move, it seems like people hate me even more. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. Imagine what that's like. It's not like uh, a lot of other people have the same fucking problem. No, I, I mean, I, I don't see a parallel. My point with, is with that who? the Jews, the blacks. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I guess I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Maybe not so much these days, but when that's ingrained in your head, 
You know what I mean? Like I now, mean, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure when you know the doomed Irish race travels abroad, it's the not doomed qu- Irish. Yes, race. it's not quite like that these days, obviously. But I think that's just so ingrained in your in your blood. What if like what if like the Irish just like all traveled to China? Um, there's like a lot like a huge immigrant population of Irish people. It'd in be China. hilarious. It would be <laughs> unbelievably strange because in at least because in one generation there's gonna be people who are like what a bizarre li- they're, just, they're yeah. from china they are chinese just a, a but they're irish they're irish chinese um you know why not maybe we should do that do you want to move to china yeah i think we should I don't know Chinese. But, yeah, just, and I don't just populate an entire continent of, <laughs> of shithead gyms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and you and shithead Jim, we'll all move there together. We'll we'll have a bunch of children there. The three of us. Yeah. Well, we won't teach them Chinese. <laughs> we'll ruin their life. Uh, we'll just have them raised in a country that they don't understand anything because they can't understand literally any words that are being spoken. Yeah. Be a fun social experiment. I mean, be, I mean, for us, it'd be hell for the child. Yeah, it would be absolute hell for the child. Well, okay, so speaking of hell for children. Yes. Um, so sexuality. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> so what do you think, where do you think, like, power is distributed in, in, in sex? <laughs> well, I don't, it depends upon what you're talking about. Are you talking about just, because there's so many different types of ways to have sex. <laughs> I don't know, I, I mean, I, that sounds so clunky, but I have no other way to explain it. There's so many different ways. Because funny, there's, because uh, I was just envisioning this as just me asking you a bunch of questions about the two most delicate subjects, sure, <laughs> in modern history, yeah. sex and power, and power, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty delicate. So I want to see, I want to watch you <laughs> navigate this, like that scene from Entrapment where like <laughs> Catherine, oh Davis yeah, I'm, I'm in a cat is go, suit is going through all of the lasers. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. I can't really if you Honestly, remember that movie. Speaking of sex and power. One of the hottest scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I don't. I I am a big fan of that scene. Yeah, (laughs) I I remember being a younger gentleman and thinking highly of it as well. I just kind of forgot about it until just now. Because there's that thing where she kind of goes under the under the laser beam. Oh, oh, remember? (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice, baby. That's the. Do you think that's not the first image that popped into my head? When you when you brought that up it's and I went, uni- all right, it's, it's a universal symbol for for boner. You know that woman is Welsh. Yeah, yeah. I always thought she was like she looks crazy Asian. It's weird. I always thought she was Hispanic. Oh well, I think she is a little bit. I don't think she is. I think she's just full. Like I looked it up one time, and she's just really a, yeah. She's I thought a, she was at least like half or something. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong about. We're that. We're talking about Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones. She, she's married to. Michael Douglas. Michael right? Douglas. Yeah. Is she the one who Michael gave him Michael Douglas? Is she the one who gave him cancer? H- um, cancer HPV from the pussy. From um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of don't think so because I feel like that would have been brought up. But... No, that's what. But that's who he was married to when he got when he got cancer. I know, but he's also an A-list Hollywood actor. There's no way he's just. I mean, that guy is probably. Pound and strange on a daily basis. I mean, they literally got cancer because of it. Well, yeah, that's true. I thought I thought it was from her. I don't think so. <laughs> Pat's looking it up. Now I'm curious. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I feel like I'm a very. You always say I'm not a very curious person, but I am a very curious person. It's just not about anything that you're interested in. No, never. <laughs> Which must be frustrating. It's very frustrating <laughs> to do a podcast with someone who is constantly trying to learn more about stuff. Every 
everything except what you're act- but except what the podcast is about. What a silly what a silly situation. Well, so one thing that <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. All right, so let's let's go from here. So, you know, we talked about entrapment, which is a seminal text in uh, the history of philosophy and sexuality. Um, at least it was seminal for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, what Foucault is trying to kind of get at in his history of sexuality is he's talking about how there is sort of this like uh, mode of presentation that uh, goes with sexuality as as we kind of conceive of it in Western society of how it's sort of been repressed and there's this narrative of how it's becoming less repressive okay. over the years. Like, we have this idea of how, like, uh, in Victorian times, um, we are... Uh, in Victorian times, we're sort of taught that like, it, was, it was super taboo to ever talk about sex, right? And, um, I mean, like, do you agree with that? Yes. To some extent? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, like, you know, everything... Everyone was, like, very, quite literally buttoned down. Uh, you know, people didn't talk about sex. People didn't talk about, like... You know, we made up these like themes of, uh, you know, babies come from like these storks that are delivered to like people's houses through chimneys. Like no, like sex for all intents and purposes didn't really exist when it came to like children. Like when you're talking to children about like where babies come oh, from. Oh sure, you know what well, I mean. What's, what's a little? I mean, how else? I don't. I don't think a child's mind is ready for that. Well, okay, so that so you say that, but. What what Foucault sort of shows in his uh, in his three part work, History of Sexuality, is that uh, people didn't really hide how sex worked in as early as like the 1600s. 1600s, people were like pretty fucking raunchy and uh, they didn't really try to hide sex from kids. And he has kind of an interesting uh, like theory about it, about like why that is, why it suddenly changed in the 1800s. And he says it's because of, to take a wild guess, the French and the postmodernists love bringing this up as the boogeyman for the cause of everything. Uh, is it the Catholic Church? No, not quite. It does, it does start with a C. Um, let me think. Um, I don't know. What are we doing right here? What is this? Cash? Cash, which is... Cash, baby? Cash, money. Are we talking cash, babe? <laughs> Capitalism. Oh. <laughs> He basically says capitalism. So he he kind of brings up this theory, which is that uh, the history of sexuality was marked by this like drastic change around like Victorian times, like so around the start of the 19th century, where all of a sudden sex was like sex was kind of cut off from large swaths of public discourse. People stopped talking about it. People stopped joking about it. People stopped telling kids about it. All this shit, right? Um, and it was, it, 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 people started discussing sex in very, very hushed tones and in hushed, deliberate tones, hushed, deliberate tones. And also there was a lot less, uh, like talk about sort of, I guess you could say aberrant forms of sexuality. Uh, so I mean like obviously like homosexuality was a sin and has always been a sin and is still a sin. Uh, well, that's my new ringtone. Ben <laughs> saying that with no context. <laughs> according to, to the one true church. Um, but even in like and he gives examples of this, uh, even in like this as early as as late as the 1600s, people still like joked about like butt sex and like 
like men kissing and like <laughs> like things like that. That's like, just always been funny to dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind Throughout of. The years. But it was like, but it was talked about as sort of like this like silly like ribald thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't really it wasn't thought of as like sinful or criminal or like it was it was sort of other otherized still, but it wasn't um. It wasn't like condemned in the same way as it was in the 1800s. It wasn't until the 1800s that that kind of like, like, uh, uh, aberrant sexual practice was considered not only like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what a way to put it. Well, when I say aberrant, I mean like in the context of the of these people writing. Uh, but it, it wasn't considered like, like in the 1600s, you'd see like two dudes holding hands or kissing or something. It would be it would be more like, look at those weirdos. Like that's kind of funny that they're doing that. Like ha ha ha. But you let them do that, and you're just like, Wait, whatever. Like you know, God and God will catch up with their sin eventually. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, but um, he better. But they were sort of like they sort of like just didn't really give a shit. Like it was just like yeah, there's some people who are like weird like that. Uh, they people <laughs> are just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but it's like you know. Th- they kind of had this, at least in literature, they kind of had this, like, you know, it takes all kind sort of mentality. And then you get to the 1800s. And the 1800s, it's like you don't even, you get to a certain form of repression where it becomes so overwhelming that you don't even talk about it. You don't even mention that that gay people could possibly exist. And if you do see it, uh, it's because they are, like, perverse and, and have, like, a... <clears throat> I don't know, have, have gone astray in such a way that it's like, it's like almost like a medical deformity, like that sort of thing. Holy shit. Okay. Sex. Um, yeah. And that goes for not just like, like homosexual relationships, but also like, you know, even like, like in the 1600s, they talk about like, you know, like girls blowing dudes and like guys, oh, going, guys going down on girls. And, and that, that was like fine. People would like talk about it all the time. In the 1800s, they were like, "Cut it out! We're not talking about that anymore. There's no reason to talk to. There's no reason to suck dick. There's no reason to eat pussy. There's no reason to lick on a nipple." You're giving we're me so many about- ringtones. This is amazing. <laughs> this is so tight. But Foucault, Foucault. I want that sound what you just said to play every time I get a text. There's no reason to suck dick. There's no reason to eat pussy. There's no reason to lick nipple. And I just look down the text. Lick nipple. Hey, can you come in early today? I'm like, yeah. Okay, but his his whole his whole point is that um, the reason why that became more and more taboo was because there was less and less a space for uh, like casual, <laughs> casual like sexual pleasure. Um, that didn't immediately lead to reproduction, to procreation, and the reason why it became so important all of a sudden in the in the uh, uh, what's it called in the 1800s was because that's when capitalism was ramping up, and that's when capitalism's main focus was to exploit a labor force to increase production as much as possible, and in order to exploit a labor force, you have to keep the labor force you know staffed basically. You need to have a labor force that's like still around to be exploited. So what what capitalism did sort of in an organic way yes was to uh delimit the space within which some sex was legitimate and other types of sex was not and the only sex that was legitimate is <laughs> man on top lady on bottom missionary like sex until you get your nut and have babies and that's it sure and that's the only type of sex you could have well i think we both agree with that yeah, it's the best kind of sex. Otherwise, there's too much pressure. 
You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I just want to have, you know, I There's just want to no, have a kid. No spanking allowed. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. <laughs> no twisting of nipples. No fellatio. No cunnilingus. Oh, no. It's like down to business. It's the most business, the most corporate and <laughs> economically efficient sex you could have. Because all you're trying to do is get more more laborers in the workforce. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, well that's fucking insane. That's so like that's I guess I didn't think about it that way. The whole thing of it being a uh, a labor that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's like it's, we just do missionary so we can stock stock yeah, just yeah, just stock bodies. We need more bodies. Okay. We need more people to take because like, you know, the the workforce fucking ages out eventually. So while you guys are, you know, at your prime <laughs> love making ages. Oh man. You have to make sure that you're expending all of your <laughs> all of your your se- energy. Your sexual energy to thrusting. Into thrusting and and nutting and birthing. Hey, let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> I don't know I mean it's probably shot in the dark. I I, I kinda doubt you know have the answer to this, but what? Do those guys like? Do this. those dudes like like fucking like guys like that? Because like, here's the deal. Even I'm though, sure they do. Like, that's the thing. It's not that anyone doesn't like fucking. It's just that the the some culture has, don't. Well, some people don't. But I mean, that's the thing. Is that is that? At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> no, Pat, I actually don't like that. Well, that's weird. Well, here's the thing: is that like maybe maybe they. Hey, you tricked me. That's probably true. Like, it might be true. So here's the other thing. This is kind of the flip side of what Foucault is talking about, is that uh, a lot of people have sort of been taught into thinking that, like, there is this, um, uh, that there there is this repression going on where, oh, you know, maybe these people who, like, just, like, just do missionary fucking, maybe they uh, are actually being denied their, like, secret pleasures, by this like restrictive and repressive regime, right? The okay. pop daddy regime. The pop daddy regime. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to point out to you guys that um, <laughs> if you want to know what a pop daddy is, and you know, here's the deal, Ben. You know, I was—I'm going to admit—I was a little upset about this news about South by being uh, canceled. But He's don't, a little pissed off. But don't worry, we have a Patreon that will that will make up for things. <laughs> So please sign up. Um, yeah. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make. So Pat needs this. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of please pl- sign uh, up for uh, our uh, Patreon. <laughs> had a lot of plans this year. So my point is that um, fucking um, goddamn fucking um, oh yeah. If you want to know what a pop daddy is, you have to subscribe to our Patreon, and we'll tell you. It's yeah. Gross. You're not gonna like it. Years ago, we came up with uh, with a new entity. Yes. <laughs> a new a new category. Uh, called the pop, the daddy. pop daddy, and um, we will never reveal what it is on this, on the regular one, the bad one, yeah, on the good one. We, uh, if you and if and we won't even reveal it on the good one. What will happen is if you pay five dollars a month, come on, to get uh up to, no, what is it? It's like four point one seven bonus episodes a month. That's I think is what it averages out to. Yeah, it's what it averages out to. You got four point one seven uh bonus episodes a month. And Here's the deal. Also, 52 episodes a year. Yeah. Let's just call it that. Okay, got, 52 episodes a year. There you go. That means we can technically take like three months off and then yeah, just come then back just, with a brush. Yeah, yeah, with a big, yeah. <laughs> then we upload an avalanche. 35 of them and everyone hates us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think they'll, they'd, well, they'd probably, they'd probably hate us for being away for a while. Unbelievably mad if someone did that. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I would be I would be stoked hey, if I knew. Can you do my Patreon? Also, I'm taking three months off. Um, <laughs> I would just wait the three months. And that's true. Yeah, yeah. back up. <laughs> we're doomed. Okay. Well, that. <laughs> yeah, we're so fucked. Yeah. But anyway, so you're saying that even though people just loved pounding out and getting no here's what he's founded. saying you're saying that he's saying that like some people just like being so okay so he's saying that uh th- this is only one side of the coin okay that yeah there is sort of this repressive regime that's been going on since the 1800s that's sort of like admittedly loosened up in the past let's say since the 60s right um where we have talked more about like sucking boners and eating pussies and stuff <laughs> sucking boners sucking boners that's the worst thing of, i've <laughs> never heard anyone say that you want to suck a boner i've dude? never heard anyone hey say suck a boner i've never heard anyone say that <laughs> and we grew up in arguably <laughs> the most homophobic <laughs> conditions possible i don't think being a 12 year old boy and i never oh, heard anyone say that yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> everyone yeah. i knew was just saying horrible things and well, i never heard anyone say that. i'm an innovator man you really are, in, in some respects. <laughs> I love talking about sucking boners. I don't suck boners myself, but I encourage others to yeah, suck please. boners. <laughs> please. Michael Douglas has apologized to Catherine Zeta-Jones for his comments in 2013, proclaiming that tongue cancer can be cured by performing oral sex on women. <laughs> Douglas Wait, told oh, reporters... I didn't know it was that. I thought, okay, so that's completely <laughs> different than what I thought. Cure. I thought it was. I thought that he he said that he got cancer from. That's what I thought he out. said too. Yeah, I, that's I guess what I they thought. got everything got lost in a translation in the madness. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> in uh in in an interview with Event Magazine to promote his new film Beyond the Reach, the 71 year old said he didn't do a good job articulating his thoughts on the 2010 diagnosis. Douglas told reporters at the time that quote. It's a sexually transmitted disease that causes cancer. And if you have it, cunnilingus is also the best cure for it. Huh. (laughs) At the time, a medical professional told The Guardian that Douglas' hypothesis, quote, medically just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It can't. And also, where did he hear that? Like, where did he come up with that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, So I think... Yeah, I think he also said he got it from... I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I know is that I'm glad that Michael Douglas is cancer-free and that Catherine Zeta-Jones does not have HPV. Because he clarified that he didn't mean that he got it from her. So that's why I'm saying, like, he definitely, you know... Definitely what? Fucking around with his wife, you know? Maybe. I mean, he he also might have just gotten tongue cancer. You, you know, know here's the deal. If you... About, about Michael Douglas. Why not? If you <laughs> cheat on your wife, I can't support your art. That's just me. Sorry. Call me old-fashioned. Okay, first of all, that's not true. Because you have supported the art of so many people who've cheated on their wives. So many philanderers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone has. It's it's not like you're alone in that. It's 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 I feel culturally alone. impossible to do that. I mean, who would you like that means you can never you can never listen to any Beatles songs. Yeah, you can just read the band's You can never look at a Picasso painting ever Picasso oh that's the that um, guy the most disappointing part of this <laughs> finding out that Picasso yeah well really yeah he never really made a secret out of it <laughs> oh, I don't know I don't know anything about that Picasso. dude loved 
he the thing he really? loved the most more, he, more than loving women was loving cheating on his women. On women, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, that I, was his favorite thing to do. I can't say his I know that much about him. Absolute favorite thing to do. Really, I had no if idea. If you know nothing about Picasso, know this: he loved it. Loved adultery. Okay. Well, maybe I should. It uh, was his favorite thing. Huh. <laughs> maybe I should get. Maybe I should look into Picasso then. Yeah, that bald fuck. We're talking about a lot of bald fucks. He today. was bald too. Yeah, he was really bald. Huh. This guy Foucault, by the way, well, he never got married. Guess why? Uh, he never got married because he. Uh, okay. No one liked him. <laughs> no, that's I'm not gonna true. guess that no one liked. Plenty him. of people loved him. They actually a lot of people liked him. Well, how come he never got married? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> the hell. Okay, well, guess what he was. It starts with a G. Oh, he was a homosexual gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Even though it doesn't start with the word G. The yeah, letter G. yeah. He was a gay. That's okay, I guess. He was a. He was an. By the way, he was an incredible gay. Really? <laughs> he was. Uh, okay, so a little bit about Michelle. Well, shine Foucault. on, you gay ass diamond. <laughs> Way to go. Foucault is probably the gayest. He's probably the gayest philosopher of all time. Really? I, th- I think he might be the gay. Like, if we can rank gay philosophers, I th- which I can't by, believe we by haven't gayness, done it. Let's do it. Yeah, fuck. Um, I guess like, well, think about well, it. You well, don't. Well, let's well, think about think it, and well, let's, let's focus on on Foucault. We'll do our homosexual rankings of yeah, philosophers we'll on a different episode. <laughs> what if we put out an episode where the title just said "homosexual philosophers"? <laughs> I feel like people would well, probably. Well, we it. did Judith Butler with with uh, with um, uh, with our our. our <laughs> <laughs> Our home chef here, uh, Vic, she sat in on the Judith Butler episode. Who uh, I would like to point out. She could. Uh, she, she, I'm very nice to. And I fucking. I, OK, I guess. I so. am. <laughs> anyway, Judith Butler can could, could keep Katrina at bay with how much of a. I think I am. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Took a sec, but I went, oh. Come on, that's pretty good. And I didn't even oh. say the word. No, it was good. But, <laughs> I liked it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. And uh, Foucault. Okay, so a little bit about Foucault. Foucault, first of all, <laughs> he's so gay. Guess what he died How of? How gay is he? Guess, guess what he died of? <laughs> uh, was it the the dreaded... Cor- the dreaded coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. How did he die? The AIDS virus. He got AIDS. Yeah, he got, he got hella AIDS. Uh, do you know Dang. how he got AIDS? I mean, I can imagine. <laughs> Nonstop butt fucking. Sure. <laughs> Nonstop unprotected butt fucking. Also, he was Dang. really into the. Okay, so so shocker, a guy who writes a three volume book about the history of sexuality. Guess what he was into? Like having sex in in men. various ways. Uh, using various tools and accoutrements, okay. Accoutrements yeah. were involved. But guess, guess what his favorite thing was? Uh, just talking about his feelings, probably. No, no. Having an emotional connection with a partner, and um, being able to <laughs> express themselves without fear of shame or judgment. No. Huh? What? Leather. Really? He was a big leather daddy. What is up with leather? He was leather? a huge leather daddy. Why do you think Have you people... ever felt it against your skin? Ugh. Oh, man. <laughs> I, um... That was worse than your suck a boner comment. What, um... Vic is looking at me like I'm, like I'm a whole new person. <laughs> well, it was weird. That was really weird. I guess we learned something. What's funny about this show is that every once in a while, you and I will, like, 
kind of reveal something and then as about ourselves and our personal lives. Normally, sex maybe normally in a, in a sexual thing. Yeah, and then would immediately afterward we go, oh man. <laughs> Really wish I hadn't said that. Well, I mean, I, I'm not really into I'm not into how leather feels, but I am into how it looks. And I just mean like I like leather jackets. I think it looks cool. So you just <laughs> so you so you're just a Fonzie guy. I'm a bit of a Fonzie guy, sure. Sure. Well, see, I don't really wear it in public because I can't pull off the Fonzie look. You should you should but, wear a leather jacket. Oh, I have a leather jacket that I pull off every once in a while. Do you? Yeah, yeah, it's that brown one. I got the I got the lining fixed, so it's purple. Remember? Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't wear it that often because it's not it's it's a little too small. But anyway, <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those jackets that I can't wear zipped up like I can only wear it. open. Yeah, you know what I mean, that shit's pointless. There's no point. I mean, I still do it. That's what pointless means in case you're wondering. <laughs> there's no that's point. pointless comma. There's no point. <laughs> All right. Great. I'm, gl- gl- I'm glad I illuminated you on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never. I kind of don't get the sexual fascination with leather, but. I don't know. I'll look. Into well, it. I don't get this. So I'll be. I'll be honest. I'm, I agree. I'll take, I'll, I'll take a look into it. I don't. I don't. It'd be funny if we, if you and I, like, became like leather fathers. No. That's how we do it. We get not leather daddy. Leather I was going to say not even go that far, but just like, what if we just experimented with leather and when we just hated it? <laughs> I mean, that has to happen. I mean, if I'm you sure think it about happened. it, there has to be all kinds of weird kinky. Well, that's how you figure out if you're into something. You try it, and then you go, well. I don't want to think about that again, but I don't regret it. Well, one thing, and also kind of Foucault talks about this a little bit, is also there is this element of, at least with the gay gay community, that there's like uh, <laughs> this weird kind of that like go on. this master-apprentice sort of relationship that happens often because of how repressed homosexuality can be in certain societies, that it, it's, it's, it's hard for a neophyte for someone who's like, like, let's say, just coming out of the closet, is just questioning his sexuality, is just realizing that, like, they're, they might not be into, just, you know, plowing hard into his wife. Well, you know, like th- realizing that there's other ways to get sexual gratification, and it doesn't always involve a woman. Stunning. Who knew? <laughs> the point. So for someone who like grew up in, let's say, like the 50s. Right. And then they're like, oh, my God, like maybe I'm gay. I had no idea that this universe existed. Right. And then they go to like San Francisco and they find out that it is indeed a universe with several different galaxies populated by yeah. very different peoples and planets. And there like, is a lot know? of like. um <laughs> What do you call? It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's just like being gay. Gay. Yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe of of being gay. Uh, I guess. Well, how about this though? I think sometimes with these these guys later in life who are like, "I'm gay now," it's kind of what you just said. They're like, "Well, I don't even know where to start." Yeah, like where do I start exactly? So that's the Ron why... and Fez show that happened when Fez Watley finally came out as being gay. He's like an old, well, you know, not much older, but he's an older guy. Yeah, sure. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because he was su- such a repressed man. Yeah. Wow. That he created a gay character to play on a radio show, but he was gay the whole time. You That's know what I mean? really weird. I didn't know. I didn't. I don't know much about Ron and Fez, so I didn't know that he made like a gay character. Oh, yeah. 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 And so basically, uh, which like, sounds offensive until you until you find out that he's that he's actually secretly gay the whole time, the whole time. And then it's like, okay, I guess we can let that one slide. Since, I, mean, uh, I don't know, it's it's a whole thing. Since he was screaming inside of his skin, dude. It was they started in like <laughs> they started in like the early nineties. Okay, it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So my point is that 
So he had to like, and he was a pretty repressed, shy person anyway. Uh, so it's like he's just showing up to these places, and it's like, what is happening here? Right, and what like do a button-down shirt. Well, everyone else is wearing like harnesses. Yeah, and he's like, where do I st- Where do I go? Yeah, the fucking bouncers will have their dicks out. It's like, hello, sir. How can I help you? And it's like, what? What? Yeah. what? And they're like, you have to honk your dong for for entrance. Yeah, dong honker. <laughs> honk your dong like Donkey Kong. We've been over this. <laughs> okay, so this all kind these of vegetables are fucking good, Vic. So, oh yeah, this is, this is where we eat on mic. Is that another? Well, I another? try. I try to get away from the mic, but I'm eating vegetables, so it, so you know, it's kind of healthy. Fine. So we we get we give you a we give you a pass. Yeah. I'm trying, All right, I'm fine. trying to lean away from the microphone. When All I, right. When I chew, um, I've just been really into chewing lately. Well, speaking of chewing, um, textures, you know. Uh, speaking of chewing, Foucault. Uh, he talks a lot about sexuality, but like I mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast, he also talks a lot about how um, how do I put this? A lot of these, uh, so not just like sexuality, but all, but a lot of these other areas of human experience that he kind of calls discourses. All right, um, are mediated through power and through knowledge, and he has this kind of link where he kind of talks about the relationship between knowledge and power, <clears throat> and there's this. There's the classic, uh, uh, you know, trope that you probably heard uh, of knowledge is power, right? Whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> is that what you're going to say? Whoever denied it, supplied it, um, which is the, the obverse of that argument. Um, well, kind of, it's kind of related to whoever smelt it, dealt it. Um, you've heard, you've heard, like, you know, people say it's it's on like uh, PSAs, like from when you're young, like you know, the more knowledge you have, the more power you have, right? Uh, and that's sort of the classic example. So Foucault sort of takes that and inverts it. And he says it's not so much that the more knowledge you have, the more power you have. It's that uh, what is decided to be knowledge is based on power. Uh, and that the knowledge that we have, uh, we don't we don't carve that out ourselves. It's carved out by whoever's in power or whatever entities that be define what is. So when you say that, like, uh, for example, in and he, he kind of equates this to everything happening around the same time or, or starting around the same time, uh, which is like roughly around like the late late 18th, early early 19th century. So the, yeah. the late 1700s to the early uh, 1800s, the golden years. <clears throat> now, it depends on who you ask, but uh, what yeah, he it really does. It really does. <laughs> it really, really does. Yeah, there's a wide. Uh... <laughs> yeah. There's a why yeah, there's a <laughs> um, it's only now that some people who disagreed with that statement are getting a voice. Um, but what he said is is that largely in Western society, what started happening around the uh, late eighteenth, early nineteenth century is that a lot of like sciences and a lot of like knowledge, the body of knowledge that we understood uh, about the human subject uh, started sort of coalescing around that time, and it started defining what was normal versus what was abnormal or what was other right what was what what should be marginalized um and what was normal or what was you know uh, accepted as like the norm was more or less aligned with what made uh, a human being most productive in a system of production known as capitalism okay and so that's where you see this sort of capitalism <laughs> shut up pat <laughs> fuck you pat what <laughs> But you see, it's you see, it's um, interest. you see how important this sort of d- 
delineation between normal and abnormal yes uh gets uh in a lot of different uh what he calls discourses but different arenas and so those arenas are things like for example medicine uh psychiatry uh like you know uh mental health and madness uh <clears throat> criminality <laughs> criminality versus law abiding uh law abiding ness or whatever the word is for that um where you have these professionals either medical professionals or psychiatric professionals these so-called these so-called exactly so he kind of he, oh hell yeah you're sort of he's sort of I'm i know saying something to I know, annoy you i know facetiously and and <laughs> And in bad faith, you were trying to derail me, but you actually stumbled upon one of Foucault's like major, uh, 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 I guess, conceits or his, one of his major like assumptions. I do a lot of stumbling on this program. Yeah, you stumble onto a lot of universal truths that you in, 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 immediately forget, and it is the most frustrating thing, Pat. <laughs> what do you mean? The most frustrating thing I've ever encountered and experienced in my entire life. Do you know how hard it is to have like your fucking Anakin? <laughs> Just immediately be like, oh, hey, I just found the light side. And then immediately just like fall back into the dark side. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> it's it sucks. I'm like, this is this is one Obi-Wan who will K himself after <laughs> after this episode is done. Because <laughs> none of my students get it. No. They all almost get it. And then <laughs> I lose them. It's got to be frustrating. It's really frustrating. So I used to teach music to kids, you know. Yeah. At least they can sometimes get it. They normally, yeah, they usually did, actually. Yeah, well, because music is not as fucking complicated as this shit is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably true. <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you heard jazz? Jazz is not music. Jazz is bullshit. What, what do you mean? <laughs> ben just declared jazz as being not music. That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder why. Because it's not. Huh. Because I can do jazz. If I can do it, it's not music. How, you can't do jazz. I bet I could do jazz. I'll do it right now. Ben is grabbing a guitar. Boom. Jazz. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, who who am I to say it's not jazz? I mean, I don't That's know. the point, because there's no one to say it's not jazz. That's why it's jazz. Anyone can say jazz. Jazz is just you play anything, and anything is anything. I think the Marsalis brothers. <laughs> I think I'll ask them. Okay, fine. They'll probably be like, sounds like jazz to me. You yeah, know why? Because they don't know what they're talking about. Because they're making it up as they go along. Yeah, but they're also using a, a highly developed sense of music theory to do that. Are so. they? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're not just randomly playing things. Maybe if you're doing avant-garde music, yeah, but no. Well, I was using a, uh, I was using a highly refined uh, sense of music theory that they don't even know about. What's it called? It's called Cholockism. Dang. Yeah. So, you, so what you're saying is that you have single-handedly unlocked a new <laughs> form of jazz, and you're naming it after yourself. Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm just making sure. Basically, okay, that's fine. That's you're right. That's actually a, that's. And what's funny is that that's also a very, very apt, a very apt analogy for postmodernism. <laughs> what you just, yeah, what yeah. I just did. Um, okay. So just kind of to wrap this up, because we're actually almost done. I told you I was going to try to keep this one short, as opposed to an hour and 40 of all oh the other God, ones. Oh, God, yeah. How long is this one so far? It's still probably like Less an hour than 20. an hour. Okay. Well, so uh, Foucault kind of talks about this uh, in, in several different arenas. So with sexuality, right, the only the only way that sex, sex is something that's inevitable. We're not going to stop doing it, obviously. I mean, like, this is something that's ingrained into our very DNA. <laughs> not okay. when it's you and me. What? <laughs> then I won't say it's inevitable. 
But I mean, I mean for the spe- fine for but for the species as a whole. Yeah, this is like, one species that cannot stop. As as rough as it gets, people don't. Yeah, we cannot and will not stop. How could we? Like people still had sex during the Holocaust. You know, like how how does that happen? Did they? Oh yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Really? What I else do you do to I pass the time? Of that. Yeah, it happens. When shit is rough, we still fucking we we manage to get down. Hey, let me ask you this. I don't remember if we've discussed this. But it's something that I've thought about. Sex during the Holocaust? I Not sex during the we've Holocaust. We've ever discussed this, and frankly, no. I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a horrible thought. Uh, my point, or I guess my question, well, not really a question, more like a um, some sentences thrown together containing words. <laughs> there. <laughs> so if you let's say that you earlier we talked about the AIDS that, that, that yeah. killed killed this guy, whoever this guy, a friend has HIV. My friend has HIV, yeah. So what I'm asking is, do you think that there are, because it goes, yeah, okay, because it goes from HIV to AIDS. I do remember that. Okay. <laughs> now listen, do you think that, and there probably has to be, like a like an underground, like, AIDS, HIV, like, sex fest happening? Do you, do you oh, understand? Oh, we talked about this before. We did yeah. talk about it? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a fetish out there. I think they're called, like, they're called, like... Oh no no! I don't mean that. The, those what guys, they're. The, 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 I know what you're talking about. Those are like gifters or something like that. It's like There's a weird some term word. for it. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange. My, I, what I mean is, is people who already have HIV and they don't want to give HIV to anybody. Oh, so they all kind of keep within you, themselves I mean, and probably, just give, right? they because we all already have AIDS, so might as well just fucking party. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's like could I it get worse? I mean, I don't know. I can't point you to any resources that that like show for a fact that that exists. But I, it has to. If you have, if you have, like HIV, rationally, it has to. If you have HIV and you have sex with someone who has HIV, I'm not even trying to be funny. If you have HIV and you have sex with someone who has HIV, do you get, do you get more HIV? I, don't, <laughs> I know how dumb this sounds, but I'm just. I don't think you get more HIV. It might. I mean, I if I were a doctor, if if. And I'm not okay. So just flashing, flashing red letters right now. Yeah, Ben's not. Actually I am a not a doctor. No. Okay, but I can imagine that. So HIV as a virus does like it does, you know, mutate and therefore evolve every time it's reproduced. Is SARS still around? Do you think? I mean, I'm, I think it kind of is, but it's. I think it's innocuous now. Okay. Or or whatever. That's good. Um. So down with SARS. Hold on, stay focused. So with with HIV, I think that like there are several there because all all viruses tend to mutate over time eventually. Like it's kind of inevitable. There are different strains of HIV. So if two people got together with different strains of HIV, oh, okay. it could maybe lead to a more powerful form of HIV what a that concept. could maybe lead to AIDS faster or something like that. So that being said, again, based on my zero zero qualifications sure okay i think it's probably still not medically advised for two strangers who have different who have hiv they don't know that they have two different types of hiv Hmm. probably shouldn't have unprotected sex sex okay i'm just curious (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't don't have like a opinion on it i just that's my that's my like very very loosely held opinion. Sure. Despite the fact you have absolutely no training or any sort of uh, yeah, but because to you asked me, well, because you asked me, they don't know me. the answer. They just say I don't know. But well, I'm no, I I'm giving pre- you my best. I guess, I There's nothing the wrong with giving my I guess best. The man from Princeton. It's my best a... guess. It's my best educated guess. I know. 
<laughs> I'm just being You're such a, a cocksucker. I'm cool. <laughs> you asked me. You were curious. You're a curious lad about I'm, HIV. I'm a curious lad. Um, I'm HIV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just curious. I'm HIV curious. Um, <laughs> all right. So this is the last thing I need to I need to get out. Okay. okay. So. All of these, uh, all of these like arenas where normalcy versus abnormalcy are sort of juxtaposed against each other. Uh, this is kind of how uh, Foucault develops his theory of of like how power develops, and especially this thing that he calls, which I think is kind of cool sounding. He calls it biopower. Okay. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> he eats vegetables. You fucking kidding me? Yeah, he calls it biopower. So biopower is is a very I a, a, a piece of broccoli. You want to talk about biopower, friend? Well, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. No, I fucked up. It's not called biopower. It's called biopolitics. Biopolitics. Oh, that fucking sucks. Okay, but it comes from biopower. Nice. Okay, so biopolitics. So, that, so biopower is a real thing. Uh, I don't know if he coined the term biopower, but, but basically, I'll, I'll, fuck it, I'll coin it. I'll coin bio, biopower. But power is basically the way he describes power or how he identifies power or defines power is that it's not as simple as like what you said earlier of like someone having leverage over another person, meaning there's one person who is in power, right? A hierarchically above entity that has power over a hierarchically below entity, right? Like a boss over an employee or a king over a subject. That sort of shit. He did coin okay. it. There, It is biopower? Yeah. Okay, Biopower cool. or bio-pavoir in French. Pavoir. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. So it's bi- okay, so he did quote. Okay, good. Actually, that makes me feel better. Because- An explosion of numerous and diverse techniques for achieving the subjugation of bodies and the control of populations. Yeah. The bi- Yeah, exactly. The, the control of populations. Just go to patdean.com to find out more. <laughs> I wonder so what's on patdean.com. What he says is that, like, with the development of capitalism, you also have simultaneously oh, d- yeah. the development of the state. So you have this this entity called the state, which needs to have some sort of control over bodies, right? So you need to have control over bodies' sexuality because you need people to uh, reproduce in a very defined way so you make as many bodies as possible, right? So that's how it controls sex. There's also... Um, you need to have these bodies have the right mental state to, uh, you know, achieve the sort of production levels that the state needs to sustain a capitalist system. So that's where you get, uh, you start seeing around the late 1700s, early 1800s, the system of uh, like psychiatry and psychology starts, the science of psychiatry and psychology starts becoming a little more defined and starts talking about. Uh, people who are mentally ill, people who are mad. He, so he has this. He has a book which I haven't read yet that I really want to. That's called The History of Madness, which is pretty tight. Where he talks about how in the Renaissance, uh, you know, people weren't like in the re- pretty much yeah through the Renaissance up until about like the the late mid mid to late 1700s, people who were like insane, people who were like you know schizophrenic or had bipolar or were just like super depressed or whatever who couldn't really function in society, there wasn't a need to have those people be as productive as possible uh, because capitalism wasn't as fully defined or developed yet. Uh, So they sort of treated mentally ill people with like, (coughs) not, not as like judgmentally almost, 
like they sort of like had them like kind of live outside of town and they were like look at these people they're they're nuts but like you know we let them come out at festivals and then they sort of represent these like you know bacchanalian um uh like you know it's a good word spirits and shit that's, uh, a, that's a good poll, Ben. I like that word a lot. Thanks, Bacchanalian. Yeah, it's Way a good go, one. man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I'm genuinely into this. <laughs> but it wasn't until it wasn't until around the 1750s to the late 1700s when medicine and psychiatry both started becoming more defined, and they started defining mentally ill people as as ill. Like before, they weren't considered ill. They weren't considered sick. Mm. They were considered just quirky. They, you know, <laughs> they were just quirky. They wore like you know like polka dot bow ties and, uh, you know. Like honked horns and shit, and then it wasn't until like basically all of Europe was like quote unquote getting down to business because like capitalism was becoming more defined that like these people are not productive, they're not productive members of society. Therefore, we have to marginalize them in some way, and we're not going to marginalize them in a way that's like. I mean, it ended up being pretty cruel, (coughs) but they weren't like condemned in any way. They were just sort of like shut out and and ignored and hidden. Right. They were hidden in like mental institutions or, um, you know, same with the sick, like people who are just physically ill, like lepers. They like put them out in colonies and they said that like <coughs> excuse me, the, the field of medicine started defining people who were ill as like, you know, they didn't have um, they weren't like possessed by demons or anything, but there was something wrong with their bodies where it couldn't they couldn't be productive. And so the science of medicine started trying to figure out cures for these people. And then the cure was basically to get them to the state that was predefined as normal. And that predefined state of normalcy was basically just that state where you could, you know, be a productive member of society. And by productive member of society, that means someone who could contribute to the capitalist system. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and then finally, so that affected, like I said, sexuality, uh, the uh, concept of madness and, and, you know, mental health. Uh, the concept of even just bodily health and medicine. And then also, lastly, he wrote a big book called um, Discipline and Punish, which is about how the state deals with criminals and criminality. Um, Whoa. And how, and we talked about this a little bit before in the Foucault episode, the first Foucault episode. And criminality? And criminality. Where basically he said, the way that that criminals were punished back in the day, which was like horrendous, was against their bodies, was trying to destroy their bodies, right? Uh, if someone like tried to kill the king, there's a description that I mentioned uh, from Foucault uh, in that first episode, which is horrendous. Basically, how they, he just describes how they killed this guy who tried to kill the French king, uh, where they uh, they dipped a cross in like some sort of like sulfur, uh, uh, like a, a, a hell. No, 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 like a sulfur solution or compound or whatever okay that they lit on fire and then made him close his hands around it like in as in prayer wow. and it like melted the flesh off of his ha- off of his hands pretty huh. much and then they draw and they drew and quartered him and all that shit okay and it's all this shit that we consider barbaric now good lord yeah and he says that this is all fucking horrible and like we like to think that we've advanced to a more humane style but he says that it's not really more humane the, the goal is not to be more humane. The goal is to just control the, a population a little better. With that, we didn't really need to redeem a person who was a criminal because we could just like dispense with their body and that would be it. And that'd be a good example for everyone else. But now the idea is to uh, revive, basically like exercise criminality out of people by regimenting their whole body, regimenting their body, their daily schedule, um, and getting them to basically fall in line. 
And so he says that this happens in prisons, but you see the exact same techniques happening in another area where people are kind of considered abnormal, right? But you're trying to get them to a point of normalcy. And it's called the school. Whoa. And it kind of considers childhood. <laughs> and well, he doesn't consider childhood, but he, he considers basically the states of development up until adulthood. Because adulthood is when you're the most productive. All those stages beforehand are considered abnormal by the system. So children are treated differently and are regimented. Their schedules are regimented. Their lessons are regimented. Their curriculum is regimented in a way to get them to a point where they can be a normal functioning person, you know, level of society. Hell yeah. But it kind of results in the death of childhood. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he says that schools and prisons are, there's a really, there's a funny meme. Have you seen that meme of like, uh, it's like an anime meme where it's like this guy who's looking at a butterfly? Yeah, sure. You know? And it's like it's like is this a thing? And it's like something completely different. There have been so many times I've wanted. To, I'll, I'll tell you afterward. There's been so many times that I've seen people. Uh, <coughs> never mind. Anyway, so Sorry, so that was completely pointless. But the which means there's no point. <laughs> the meme. Fucking idiot. The meme that I've seen go- going around about Fu- about Foucault yeah. is it's the same guy. It says Foucault is the guy who's looking at the butterfly, and then it's and then. <laughs> <laughs> the butterfly it says uh it says it's uh it's a school and then at the bottom it just says is this a prison <laughs> vic is very seriously giving me a thumbs up <laughs> yeah i like when vic gets serious about stuff yeah, yeah. i funny. like when vic is like really into something yeah because she gets a, like yeah. a steely glint in her eyes yeah. you know what i mean it's 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 interesting yeah it's very uplifting thank you vic yeah thanks vic you yeah. did it you did it once again but anyway so that's that's sex, sex, sex and power. Nice. Well, those but. are two things that I enjoy. <laughs> I just love the power. I love power. I'm just a, I'm like a power addict. I remember. I love I, Nintendo power. I was thinking about how uh, the, in one episode when we were talking about uh, how um, <laughs> some people can make things perverse without it being sexual. And you gave the example of some guy going, I only eat freshwater crab. <laughs> that's basically Foucault <laughs> gross that I was such a gross sentence I only eat freshwater crab that is so funny there is something it sounds like Buffalo Bill it's so decadent this, and I don't know why I've never this even crab better be from freshwater well I'll say this uh, I, I when, when I go grocery shopping as 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 is my want yeah um, nowadays yeah, now it is. Congrats. Yeah. But um, <laughs> there's uh, when I buy salmon to eat, because diabetics are strongly encouraged to eat salmon. Salmon is good, though. Yeah. It's salmon, really good. You're supposed to get it wild caught, not farm raised. Well, sure. I mean, like, you're supposed to do that for anybody. For nutrients or something. Yeah. But so, so that's what I do. That's that's the that's the one piece of happiness I allow myself is I go to the grocery store and I look at the salmon and I go. Oh man, this is a little expensive. Then I look at it and I go, yeah, well, it is wild caught. And I and I bring it home. I cook it. What I do is uh, I, I cook it and I, I I actually stay in the kitchen the entire time. I stare at the fish as it's being cooked. How do you I say cook it? Do you, do you, do you broil it or or do you fry it or what do you do? Fry it. So you put it on the thing and you stare at the fish and you watch. Um, you know, like I said, we talked about this earlier. The second death. This is probably the third death of this of this thing because it's because previously frozen yeah so i watched this fish die for a third time alone in a stranger's uh, house 
Um, and then I eat it. Only, only one man, one yep. man, solemnly standing vigil, solemnly before yes. before he devours it. Yep. And I, I do it shirtless, and I stand there shirtless, and I eat the fish, and then I go, well, that was nice. And then <laughs> I lay down on the couch and I stare at the ceiling until I go to work. It's fucking great. It's a great life. I'm sorry. I'm in a very bad mood. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can tell. I'm, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, buddy. That's fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. is crossing herself furiously. Uh, all right. In the name of the Father yeah. and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I have so much work I should be doing right now. <laughs> okay. Well, we can... <laughs> like, I literally, as I was setting this equipment up, I was like, there are so many other things I should be doing. No well, offense that I should be doing right now. No, I know. I mean, so you got you got some bad news today. <laughs> Apparently, so south, because of the fucking coronavirus, South by Southwest is entirely canceled. Yeah, it's entirely canceled. Which sucks. I, I guess. I mean. So now, Pat, as to what, you have to scramble and book a bunch of dates? Well, I don't, but I don't even know. Like, this literally happened an hour ago. I, yeah, I, mean, I know. This, this, this is coming out probably after South by is done. Yeah. But it's, um. so I don't know if people are still coming in. Uh. I don't know who's paying them. Uh, can I have them perform? Probably, but who the fuck is paying that bill? I can't afford to have, you, you know, I can't pay them the money they were going to pay. I, I, so it's like, so maybe I can do some stuff with some, lo- but then I got to talk to. It's okay. You don't, we, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in. Episode 123. If you see Pat, give him a hug. <laughs> you, still have a, you still have a gun, right? I, you know what? I'm not, no, I'm not telling you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll find it. Okay, well, I'm, then I'm... You think you the, can hide things from me? You think you're better at hiding I shit? I bet I could. I bet I could hide my gun from you. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> I just got... I, I, I give up easily. Okay. Well, t- I... God. That's both good and bad. <laughs> I, I can't You find... give up enough to try to kill yourself, but then you give up at trying to kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you it just... It all comes out in the wash. And you drive home and you just go, there's literally nothing that you can do correctly. And then you just drive home in silence. Well, it's not your fault. At least I like, think about it that the, way. Uh, the, but you know what I say to myself? I go, Pat, things are kind of uh, annoying and confusing right now. But remember that wild-caught salmon that is waiting for you at the HEB? It is. Right up right up 35, baby. What is that? Is that 42nd Street? 45th, 45th Street. Let's go to 45th Street. We're going to do our first live uh, uh, podcast recording, actually, in the seafood aisle at the, uh, the HEB on 45th Street. 41st, I apologize. So, uh, for all the nothing heads out there, uh, go on out there. We're going to uh, we're going to discuss our favorite uh, types of, of seafood, uh, and then at the end of it, I'm going to eat it raw and hopefully die. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for. <laughs> what if that's how we end? <laughs> Hold on, okay, um, folks, that's it uh, for episode 123. I promise you, we'll be back with 124. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Pat will not kill himself. No. I can't. I don't think it's illegal. I don't. It's illegal. Right, well, I don't know if it's illegal. I think it is. Isn't it illegal to kill yourself? I don't know. Well, Look, we're about to find out. We are. Anyway, folks, uh, thank you for listening to this uh, this, uh, this episode. As always, you can go to kergies.com. K-Y. R. G. I. E. F. Promo code nothing in all caps, baby boy. 15% off. Don't you need, listen, friends, don't you need someplace to put your feet? Get some slippers. Put your feet 
It's in a, the slippers. Right in the slippers. Right Ooh. on in. They go right Ooh, on Right in, in the slippers. Ooh. Right in those slippers. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us online at Pat Dean on Twitter. On P-A-T-D-E-A-N. Holy shit. <laughs> the ultimate own. Uh, and then on uh, the IG, it's uh, Dean Man P. D-A-N. D-A-N-N. Okay. And then. Uh, I can't do it backwards. I fucked it up too. <laughs> Because it's D A A D E. It's hard to say. Well, because you're not used to it. You haven't practiced it. I've never, I've never had to spell that. Yeah. Dean Man P. I feel like it's pretty. D A N M A N P. A nickname given to me by the orchestrator of 9/11. And of course, you have to. That's another thing that you get if you subscribe to our Patreon. We actually give you the identity, but we're not going to say on the free one anymore. We've we've decided. Or or you could go back to and comb through the yeah the old. We only say it on on the Patreon. Also, it's no Waghorn. Yeah. So uh, Ben is at Gristleporn on both uh, on both uh, things. Yours daily P O R N. Go, go ahead and and give us a follow. Give us if, a follow. Uh, say hello. Say hello. If you uh, let me think, what else is there? Uh, fucking. I guess that's about it. You can write a five star review if you want, or a one star review if you think the product's bad. And then, uh, I mean, you know, be honest. be honest. I mean, you know, we put this out there. We can't really be mad if people don't like it. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and do that. You can write. Um, Eat book. Pat has uh, diabetes or um, down with Vic. If you guys, if we, if we can get hashtag down with All right, down with Vic, down yeah. with Vic. If we can get that going, I will be everything will be worth it. Everything will be worth it. If we get down with Vic yeah. trending on Twitter, on Austin Twitter, the day that they announced South by is canceled, uh, we somehow get enough people to say down with Vic that it overtakes it in the news. Unbelievable. Okay. Anyway, keep on thinking hard, my dear friends. Uh, the truth sucks. Let's see if, bastard. And if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And here is... Gasolino by Daddy Yankee. Release the bats now.